State of the Nation is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you guys know that Raiders tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The Raiders have been gone from the Bay Area for a long time. They'll finally be back in the Coliseum on November 3rd. So make sure you check out Game Time if you want to be there when the Raiders finally get back into Oakland. So head over to the App Store or the Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. We've got Jimmy Durkin and Ted Wynn back here in the Bay Area. Vic Tafer joining us from Green Bay. And uh, we've got a special guest. Uh, I think we can call him a friend to Raiders fans, a friend to athletic readers. Uh, Matt Schneidman, former Raiders beat writer, now covers the Packers for us here at the Athletic. So, uh, hey, welcome aboard, Pat. And uh, how are you guys doing back there in Green Bay? We're doing fantastic. I'm honored to be here and can't wait to talk some football. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, yep, that's all you got. That's all I got, man. It's a long game, man. Let's go. You, 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 you can tell who was in a victorious locker room and who was in the losing locker room. Uh, this this game was, uh, I mean, it, for for Matt, really nice, a nice throwback game. Uh, I mean, really deja vu for Derek Carr. I mean, just is the epitome of a Derek Carr game. He does a lot of nice things, but he he has one catastrophic error and, and a few other errors where. You know, just not quite being sharp. Um, I mean, you see the the pass that was to Darren Waller that set them down up at the one yard line that led to the uh, the fumble, of course, that was shades of that Cowboys game two years ago. Um, that if that was a better pass, it's just a touchdown right there. I mean, this game it, it really felt like a kind of everything we've come to see at a Derek Carr for all these years now. Yeah, I think he had to be perfect to uh, keep up with Aaron Rodgers, and obviously, he wasn't perfect. Made a bunch of mistakes and. Uh, Raiders defense wasn't up to the challenge. They said that they kind of um, were looking forward to the matchup with Aaron Rodgers, but he's just a, he's just a master as far as reading defenses. And we don't have a pass rush. Like, they don't really have a pass rush still. It's really hard. It's hard to stop him in this off. Even with the bunch of uh, no-name receivers he had today, he's still Aaron Rodgers, and he's still uh, he's pretty, pretty pretty good. Yeah, he, he just looked like he knew exactly what he was going to do before the snap even started. He was using a, a hard count to get the – Raiders defense to move a little bit before the snap, not quite go offside, but if they see if he sees rotation and a little movement from certain linebackers, he knows exactly what the defense is, and he just was in total command today. He averaged a ridiculous 13.8 yards per attempt uh, through 429 yards. Uh, so, yeah, just um, you can't. It's hard to keep pace with that when the defense is uh, giving up that much uh, yardage to Rodgers. I thought it was interesting because Rodgers has played 172 career games now in the regular season, and he's the NFL's all-time leader in passer rating, but today was the first time ever in his career that he had a perfect 158.3 passer rating in a game. Uh, 25 for 31, 429, five touchdowns, ran for one himself, and maybe this Raiders pass defense that uh, looked all too familiar to me 
uh, was what he needed to cure not some not early season struggles, but like coming into this game, he ranked 12th in passing yards, 16th in touchdowns. You know, the Packers have a better defense and better running game than they have in years past. So he's been able to get by. He doesn't need to carry them all the time. But uh, like Vic said, it's going to take an almost perfect effort uh, on both sides of the ball to stop Aaron Rodgers on a day like this. Quick note for the trivia buffs out there. It's the uh, the fourth ever performance, a perfect quarterback rating against the Raiders team. Aaron Rodgers, you know, 158.3. The other three were uh, Nick Foles in that seventh touchdown game, Alex Smith in the uh, Jamal Charles game, and Eli Manning in 2009. So four uh, perfect games against the Raiders. And today was one of them by a quarterback. And there have been, I believe, seven now 75 instances where a quarterback has thrown for a perfect passer rating in a game. So four against the Raiders. They have four out of 75? Honor. Four out of 75. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's not, I, I, I mean, it's not great, not terrible. Yeah. Nah, I thought it was um, Stanford Rod days. That would be worse than that. What's up, Stanford? <laughs> I mean, if you, He's listening. If, if you look at it, I, I kind of pulled up the numbers. Their three wins um, are obviously against, you know, if you were to line up the six quarterbacks they played, uh, Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, who's, you know, he had – that was probably his worst game. And then obviously Chicago plays, facing a backup in, in Chase Daniel. Those guys are, are 67 of 107 for 708 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions, and 88.8 passer rating in this three losses now. That's Patrick Mahomes. Um, it, that, that's uh, Kirk Cousins and obviously Aaron Rodgers. They're 70 for 96, so over 70% completion, uh, 1,039 yards, so averaging over 300 yards a game, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. And in those three games, a 142.7 passer rating uh, is what the Raiders' defense has allowed to those quarterbacks. On the bright side, Mike Glennon had a 147.2 <laughs> passer rating today. Good job. That's nice. Two for three, 36 yards and a touchdown. Can you say quarterback, quarterback controversy? controversy. Uh, no, we can't say that. Derek Carr was fine. He just, uh, you know, the thing about him, and I know this play fans when that's with the fumble, because exactly the same thing happened to him against Dallas in 2017. It was you know, deja vu of the worst kind, exactly the same uh, way he ran the ball. He was stretched it out with the wrong arm, and the ball slipped through his fingers and was a touchback. So he said it back then, though, if you recall, in that Dallas game, he would do it again because he's such a competitor. And he was and he so did. happy that you guys remembered that. Yeah, he and did. He did he, it again. He did exactly the same way. So, I mean – it's tough. Like he said, what do you want him to do, run out of bounds to the two-yard line? I mean, that's just not something you'd want him to do. But, again, yeah, you can't you can't turn the ball over in that case. So it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's a great answer. I, I think in both times, I remember that Dallas game, that obviously officially eliminated them from playoff contention, I believe. And then today, it, that is really where the game changed. You know, the Raiders, if they had scored a touchdown, they would have gone up 17-14 uh, shortly before the half. And then with less than two minutes remaining until the half, the Packers went down, scored a touchdown to Jake Kumro, uh, kind of tiptoed and stayed in bounds. And then they go out and score another touchdown on the first drive of the second half. So I totally agree with Derek's reasoning. I, I understand that and I agree with him. But th- that play really put this game out of contention early in the second half. But if you got to reach, you got to reach with two hands, you know, yeah. especially after what happened in Dallas. I th- you know, you got to learn your lesson and reach out with two hands. Yeah, I mean, he did call the play stupid. He said, you know, he's got to do it with two hands. So I, it it sounded a little bit like, I mean, hey, you know, he kind of gave the whole spiel that everyone expected that, hey, I'm trying to make a play. But then he did kind of, you know, he said directly, I mean, trying to extend with one hand is not smart. It's stupid. Um, you know, said it's his fault. He let his team down. So 
it, it seemed like maybe this was a little bit of a lesson learned, but you know, you see guys that are able to do it, but his just his career has shown us that he is not good at reaching out to get extra yards when he's trying to scramble. He never gets the the hand out there in time to to be able to get the the yards when he's just trying to get a first down. He it's 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 a gap in his talent ability for whatever reason. Um, there's no real way to practice it because I mean, how do you practice reaching out for the goal line while getting hit? You're not going to practice that, but um, it's something he doesn't do well. And because of that, I mean, you gotta you gotta figure out a way to just not have a catastrophic error like that that, that takes away the ability to to keep that game competitive. I wonder how big his hands are. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe his hands aren't quite big enough to palm the football. Let's go back to the combine. Out. Sounds like you have a story for next week. That's my story? Derek Carr's hand size? Okay, thank you. Thanks for the suggestion. I appreciate that. I think uh, I'll say one thing. Darren Waller really impressed me. I know I got to see a little bit of him last season, but these were his first two touchdown catches as a Raider this year. That's incredible. And, I mean, Vic and I were talking before the game, and and he said, how are uh, the Packers at defending tight ends? And, you know, week two, Raven Green, who's the Packers' number one dime linebacker, he was kind of their main guy for that went down with what looks like it'll be a season-ending ankle injury. So he hasn't played the last month and a half. Uh, they didn't play well against Zach Ertz, Jason Witten, eh, whatever. And then the Lions did uh, – TJ Hawkinson didn't really do anything. But a guy like Darren Waller and, and the Packers face Travis Kelsey next Sunday night, like he's going to go off. And I know uh, it didn't really matter in the end, but Darren Waller is is a really good player. And him and Josh Jacobs – you know, Gruden, I think Gruden called a really good offensive game. It was just like Aaron Rodgers is impossible to stop on a day like this. I thought Gruden called a really good game. They were close to putting up in the 30s. You know, Derek Carr throws that end zone interception. Um, he fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. It's just like the Packers defense gives up a lot of yards, but they just get timely stops or get lucky, which is what happened with the Carr fumble. But Gruden called a great game. They were really close to making it really close in a high-scoring game. And Waller and Jacobs really impressed me today. Derek Carr, 9 and one eight inch hand, 16th percentile of all quarterbacks from in the combine. There you go. There you go. Spoilers. We solved the issue right there, Derek. There you go. Two two hands on the ball. Two hands. Now, but what, what, what Matt said is a good point. I mean, if you look at that that drive that leads to this game-changing touchdown, I mean, that was a beautiful drive. I mean, they – Moving the ball down there, um, you know the Packers had taken the lead, and here they were, right about to the storm right back, and and of course, like I mentioned earlier, you, Waller probably should have had a touchdown uh, the play before. I mean, if if that ball, if he doesn't kind of have to adjust, um, he doesn't have to slow down. He probably beats those defenders into the end zone. And as as Vic tweeted, I mean, he had two touchdowns. Uh, he was probably probably should have had four or five even. Uh, he was he was so close to uh, to having a couple more. I mean, obviously he had one called back by a penalty, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a great great game plan at times. I mean, I think that's why you hear the Raiders still talk in, in optimistic terms so much is that you are seeing signs like this that Gruden's able to put together these game plans, but against the Packers, you have to be perfect. And plus, remember, no Tyrell Williams, who's their best receiver, no Trent Brown, who's their best lineman. That's dead. And, they still, and, and Carr still didn't get sacked. I mean, I know David Sharp was called for a couple holds, and there were a couple pressures that forced incompletions, but against the Smiths, who... Uh, of any two teammates in the league have the most combined sacks. I thought Colton Miller and Sharp, you know, played a lot better than I thought they would. Why do we call them the Smiths? Because we can't remember their first names. They both have confusing first names. I know their names. They just. I'll just say, but not you. But I'm saying in general, everyone's like, "Oh, the Smiths." But well, yeah, that good. I mean, it's like it's. I mean, it's because like, their names are so weird that people can't say their first names. They have 
They're both in the top five in sacks in the league. Yeah, whatever. I mean, what the, well, today? How many sacks good today? I just said zero. Yeah, Hope Miller's go. good. So I'm not buying the Smiths. Yeah, that's a good point. We talked about this earlier. This this team's six and one. Not a very impressive six and one team. Aaron Rodgers is obviously the guy. He's the king. But otherwise, this team isn't that good. Yeah, well, they're missing arguably their best defensive player, and arguably Who, there's who's that? Darnell Savage. He was their most impressive. He's your best player. I love Darnell Savage. He's your best player in defense. All right, wow. No, I love, best I love, between linebackers. He's been okay. pretty good. He's I love Savage. Good. No, I he's love Savage. Good, I know he's your like, best guy. Savage is that guy who covers tight ends. Okay. And I think that is where you saw the Packers' defense being deficient today. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams changes everything. He can get open on any play. But I, I agree with you. I mean, you. he had 450 yards today. I mean, which, how much more do you want? I mean, that wasn't – Devontae Adams wasn't a factor. Him I know, but I'm there. saying against a team with a better pass defense. Ah, okay. All right. I, I do agree with you with that. I don't think the Packers are – Oh, there you go. Uh, exactly what they seem. You know, they're they overrated. Got, no, I don't think they're overrated. But they're, they still haven't had a game where their offense and defense play well together. So you're saying a 6-1 record is a little fluky. That's what you're saying. It's a little fluky. I wouldn't say it's fluky. In the NFL, you need to find ways to win even when the people are playing poorly. And they've uh, done that. I mean, like, are, are, are were the Chiefs fluky last year because their defense was terrible? No. Exactly. I'm not Listen, sure. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm just saying. Yeah, a little bit. We have to wait to see how good they actually right. are when they both play well. Fair enough. Next next topic. Well, I mean, you, we, we talked, touched a little bit on Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, impressive start for him, especially with that uh, 42-yard run early. Uh, gets hurt on the play, has to go into the locker room, and the drive stalls after that. Um, but, I mean, this guy... You know, everyone wanted to criticize taking a running back in the first round when the, when the Raiders drafted him. And, I mean, he's got to be the offensive rookie of the year, I think, right now. Well, about the the quarterback for the Cardinals is having a pretty good year. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, again, like we talked about two weeks ago, you can't question John Gruden. John Gruden knows what he's doing. You can people yeah. people question his draft picks are idiots. No, I th- I thought Josh Jacobs played really well, and you know, obviously he had that injury scare there in the first quarter, but just the way he he bounces outside the tackles and and breaks tackles. I mean, he had that 42 yard run where he almost stiff armed Will Redmond into the turf. Um, he really impressed me, and I think. Had it been a closer game, we would have seen more from him, and he might have even rushed for 200 yards. But they kind of had to resort to the air with how much they were trailing by. What's our what's our count? What's our count for Josh Jacobs? Today I was kind of thinking Emmett Smith. What do you guys think? Frank about Gore. That? Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Why is Frank Gore? I like Emmett Smith. I it, there was a couple of those runs. I think especially that 42 yarder. There was a couple of those runs where you could just kind of picture those Emmett Smith highlights kind of overlaid with him. Yeah, he stays low. He zigzags. He's got a great balance. Just uh. Every week it gets better. It's uh, it's amazing. Like this team with Waller and Jacobs, they got two real stars. You know, on offense, all mm-hmm. of a sudden. I think that the Raiders actually could be okay at uh, with the group they have if they get Tyrell Williams back, um, and if Zay Jones could produce something as as number two. I think you know with how um, how Waller is playing and Moreau coming up, Carrier getting a, you know a couple catches here and there. Uh, with this run game, I, I think they'll they'll be okay with the receiving corp they have this year uh, if Tyrell Williams gets healthy. I, I think two things. I think the AFC West, like Vic noted on Twitter, is absolutely wide open. I think the Packers are going to go into Kansas City and win next week just because the Chiefs have Matt Moore and they don't have a very good defense. Um, the Chargers lost again today to the Titans. The Broncos are 2-5. and five. Like The Raiders could not easily because Mahomes might come back uh, – fairly soon 
They could win the division. I wouldn't be surprised if if the Raiders won the division. And I don't know if this name is banned from this podcast, but can you imagine how good this team could be if they had Antonio Brown? <laughs> it's not it's not banned from the podcast. That, uh, like I'm thinking today, they could have won that game today if they had Antonio Brown. He plays defense. If they have someone else besides Darren Waller to throw the ball to, Man, that would be. They might not have won, but they would have scored in the high 30s or 40s. Yeah, I mean, they could have scored more points, but to me, watching the game today, Aaron Rodgers could have scored as many as needed. I mean, they, Fair, but... I don't know if they ever would have stopped him. This, if they, this if offense would be that much better. A tight end, a running back, and a wide receiver oh, yeah, were was, all stars. That was the plan. That's why yeah. they brought the crazy fool on board. Hey, watch your mouth. Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it, when you see what the what Rodgers did do, and obviously Rodgers is on a different level from most quarterbacks in the NFL, but um, you know there was, there was a report today from Adam Schefter that the... The Raiders want to be aggressive at the trade deadline. They want they're looking to upgrade it, linebacker and pass rusher. And I just I I don't know I don't know about that approach. Like Matt said, I mean they're not they're in this division race because we don't know how the Patrick Mahomes injury is going to work out. We don't know how long he's going to be gone. Although that's sounding like they're not expecting it to be too long of an injury, but um, there is a window to to get into this race and stay in this race. But I mean, do, does this look like a team that? could add Vic Beasley, who's underperformed since that big 2016 year, and, and suddenly, okay, they've got one pass rusher now. They're all of a sudden going to be that much better on defense. I just don't know that at, you know, if you're if you're throwing away more draft picks, and we've talked before about how many they've already traded away, I don't know that you can, uh, you can make a couple of trades and it's going to be enough to get you over the top against the good teams that you're going to need to beat to, one, get to the playoffs, and two, you know, make some... Make some noise once you get there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, so that it kind of makes sense that they, you know, that they're they want to be aggressive because the AFC West is kind of open, and they want a pass rusher. And they, I hate to go back to it, but they could have had a guy like Brian Burns at the number four pick, and you know, like Clement Farrell barely showed up today. The pass rush was non-existent today. Did he play today? He played. Cleveland for all yeah. play today? He started. He did. Oh, I they got Mad like, Max. It's all I good. Thought he, I thought he's injured. No, Mad Max came in for him like well, early on, but he still played today. a good deal. What about Khalil? Easy. That name is that name <laughs> that is bad. Name is bad. The kid talk about Khalil. Raider fans turn off the podcast. You mentioned Sorry. Khalil. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, here's my I think these two games, like today and the next week, I think if you really want to make a move and really show like you can't make a trade and get to that next level. You got to split these two games. They lost today. So, in my mind, you got to win the one next week because that's the last one before the deadline. You got to be four and three and say, you know what? We can do this. We do have enough to make a run if we added one or two more pieces. Otherwise, I'd say, what's the rush? Keep your draft picks and be smart. At, at Houston? At Houston. Yikes. I'm saying it's a must win for uh, if you want to make trades. If you lose that one, no trades. Deshaun Watson's pretty good. It's pretty good. Lost today. Um, I mean, the way I look at this this team, I mean, they're not like a, a small stopgap kind of guy away from from where they need to be. I mean, they need to find some like big impact defensive players. And I know Tony Romo on the broadcast today saw, said Max Crosby is a guy he sees being a multi time Pro Bowler. Um, we'll see, but you know they they need to find you know some diamonds in the rough you know in the in the mid first round wherever they're going to be end up picking um they need to have uh a, some real impact players join this defense not some 
guys that you're just trying to hope will uh, will do something for you when you give them a fresh start. Yeah, and maybe that Bears pick gets a little higher. Um, I mean, they, they lost again today, so that um, that pick might end up being pretty good for the Raiders. Okay. Dr. Shane, <laughs> baby, Dr. Yeah, we gave Rodgers a lot of credit for his performance, but you also have to wonder about these cornerbacks today. I thought both Daryl Worley and Garen Conley weren't very good today. No, yeah, Conley gave up a bunch of yardage and was, you know, that, that tackle he missed on scalding that led to that big play. Uh, he, he was not good today. And, and it's also hard to judge these corners because the pass rush was so non-existent at the same time. Uh, I mean, look, if Conley doesn't do well in Oakland and he goes to another team, would you be surprised if all of a sudden he became a really good player on another team? Yeah, like, I would. I'd be surprised. Rash- be surprised. Like Rashawn Melvin. Rashawn Melvin looked terrible and all of a sudden he looks like an all-star with the, the Detroit Lions. Not against the Packers last week. Rashawn Melvin was good before he came to the Raiders. And Rashawn Melvin, um, how can I put this nicely? I think – you know they, how you always ruined his confidence with the role yeah, they put him yeah, in. Yeah, was but my, I'm, I'm saying is that with Gary and Conley, you always hear like you know um, Gruden and guys talk about this guy loves football. He you know, he's the guy who eats and loves football. Yeah, you know, I don't get the, the impression that Gary and Conley really loves football when you talk to him or when you see his, his energy in the field. So to me, it looks like he's you know in pain sometimes, just kind of out there, kind of going through the, not, not going through emotions, but to kind of. Uh, I don't know, just not not making an impact, not really uh, not really thriving in the, in the opportunity he has. Do you think that maybe if Isaiah Johnson starts looking good at practice, he might challenge for some playing time? Well, I know that back in camp, I mean, the talk was they're going to get Trayvon Mullen going and have him compete against these guys for a starting spot. And I know Trayvon had a rough game against the Broncos when he came in. He hasn't been hurt much from since, so I wonder where he's at. And also Isaiah Johnson in a couple of weeks might have a shot, but – uh, yeah, I'm curious about Trayvon Mullen. What happened exactly with the coaches uh, in their estimation why he's no longer a factor? I mean, at some point, I mean, he's a second-round pick, a high second-round pick. Um, talking about Trayvon Mullen, I mean, you've you've got to you've got to give him a shot, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you are you know, contending, if you are trying to make a playoff run, maybe you stick with the veterans. But I think this could be a year where you get these guys, your more young players, a chance to play. And see if they can be a part of it, you know, of the puzzle for next year. So that's the whole question mark. Do you trade for veteran guys? Do you need more older pieces, or do you just kind of focus on the young guys you have and see what you can build for next year? Yeah, and Eric Harris also played a really, really bad game today too. He was following Jimmy Graham around for a little bit, and Jimmy Graham hasn't looked very good this season, but he looked like an all star against. Uh, against Harris, and he was the one who came up on a short route just before halftime when they gave up the, the touchdown on against, you know, they're running cover two, so the corner wasn't following the receiver all the way downfield. He was just playing a flat, but he had no safety help because Eric Harris bit up on a short route for some reason. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he had a really bad game. Yeah, it, it is a, uh, a hot talking point in Green Bay of how washed up seemingly Jimmy Graham is. And he made two guys miss on one play today, and I haven't seen anything close to that all year. So whoever the culprit of that, and I believe it was Harris a couple times, and I know Jimmy caught another touchdown pass today. He's dropped a couple touchdown passes in the last couple weeks, but uh, I think you're going to need to find someone else to cover the tight ends that there are in the AFC West. And to me, it's kind of sense that this defense is a bunch of, you know, 
overachieving types. There's not really any bona fide playmakers on defense, and I think that's going to be an issue if you really are trying to make a run this year as opposed to waiting for next year to maybe draft a guy like that you know, who can make an impact in the secondary or up front and get some pass rush going. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where my fear about you know make, trying to go make a trade is that if there is an actual real playmaker out there, a guy who is a real difference maker on defense, then sure, go ahead and be aggressive and, and go for it. But if you're talking about just giving up something to add a guy who's going to make you incrementally better, I mean, we've the, the, the pass rush to me is just seems to be this, the huge issue because the, the coverage is bad in the back, but you know the, you kind of need to have those guys up front putting pressure on the quarterback to make things a little bit easier on those guys. And I mean, I've said it a million times. The problem isn't just that they don't have a top pass rusher. It's that they don't have a second guy. They don't have a third guy. They don't have really, you know, it, I mean, they don't even have the, the kind of the, the, the complimentary pass rushers to, to aid uh, a big time pass rusher until, and until they get that, I just don't see how this defense is going to be effective enough to beat, you know, playoff caliber teams consistently. Right. Plus, there were times where you know, you're trying to confuse Rodgers, and they had Myola drop back in coverage a few times, and he's your leading sack guy, which is you know a little sad. But he also, he's a guy you can't really drop back, I and mean, he's not going to have much of an effect dropping back in coverage. I think that's um, probably wasn't a great move by, by Paul Gunther. To be fair, I think Max Crosby is a, getting to develop into a good secondary rush guy. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a number one like Romo was pumping up just yet, but... Uh, I think he could be a good number two if, if they they find a legit pass rusher opposite of him. When's Arn Key's back? What now? A week or two? So maybe Arn Key gets another shot at it. Maybe he's not totally dead. But those are the questions you got to ask. I think just kind of uh, and, and kind of maybe hold back on this whole like you know playoff push fever. Kind of maybe take a step back and say you know what? Let's just find out what we have in the younger players. And, and make that push next year. I mean, look at big picture at this team. They are three and three through six games. I mean, I think that's still pretty good considering what the outlook was for them at the start of the year and, and how this whole road trip was going to shake out. Um, certainly, if they win next week and, and get to 4-3, and three, uh, you have to look at this as being a very successful uh, navigation of this five games away from home. But, um, I mean, big picture, there are obviously issues that they need to work on. There are reasons to be concerned, but... Um, you do have to sit back and give them credit for getting to this point in the year and for us to even be talking about the possibility of them uh, trying to, to, to be buyers at the trade deadline. Yeah, it goes back to what I said earlier. They have a very good offense without a lot of key pieces. And I think that's definitely credit to John Gruden's play calling. And, and Derek Carr, before today, was doing a good job of not turning the ball over. Today, obviously, made a couple of mistakes. But he's been pretty solid this year as far as you know not making mistakes and putting his team in the best spot to, con- to contend for, for a win. I think Ryan Grant just gave them all the secrets about the Raiders' defense. Oh, Ryan Grant. That's a good point. But, they, but didn't Trevor Davis counteract that? Wouldn't, wouldn't Ryan Grant say that? Kaiser. Cover Waller. Trevor Davis walked in and said, hey, Rodgers is pretty good. You're going to want to stop him. And Green was like, well. Deshaun Kaiser said, here's everything that Aaron Rodgers does. And the Raiders said, okay, we'll let him have a perfect game. Well, to Carr's credit, he averaged 10 and a half yards per attempt today. And, which is pretty impressive because the Packers were only giving up 6.8 yards per attempt today, pass defense, or one of the better pass defenses in the league. So there's that. And then, like we talked about, I thought Gruden called a really good game. So I, I think there's a formula for this offense to be successful. Mike Glennon averaged 12 yards per pass attempt. Oh, nice. Boom. Against a prevent defense. <laughs> <laughs> How about Kylan Doss? Kylan Doss with three catches yeah. and 54 yards. He's from Alameda. 
<laughs> really? Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. That joke's good. That joke's bad. That's the best. Let me, that's let me watch Hard Knocks to confirm again. That's, that's as bad as a salmon joke, so I apologize. Where is Alec Ingold from? He's from Green Bay. Is he? Yeah. Hadn't heard about that one. Yeah. All right. Well, Vic, are you looking forward to uh, to getting home? And uh, after one more, I, you, you could just see the exhaustion in Derek Carr's face uh, as he was talking about this, uh, all these trips and all these all this time on the road. Or, uh, I mean, I know you love Houston, so you really can't wait for that uh, that next road trip next week. But uh, tacos and strip clubs. <laughs> Take it easy. I didn't say that. That was that was mad. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, the officiating wasn't quite as egregious as the Monday Nighter, but um, I know there was the the pass interference call that uh, the OPI that John Gruden challenged, and I mean, I, I think he kind of admitted that it was it was an emotional challenge. It was one of those that I, I don't think it should have been offensive pass interference, but upon challenging it, you were never going to get it overturned just because there was like a small extension of the hands, and as long as that's there, they're not going to overturn it, but. Uh, that was that was a pretty awful OPI call. And what do you think of the uh, call on Eric Harris against Jimmy Graham? The I, one I thought that was a terrible call. Yeah, yeah it was I soft. Think, I think that was uh, the one call I can re- recall being redundant with the word call, but I think that was the one that kind of changed the game. Um, you know, the Packers did a nice job as opposed to last Monday against the Lions where nobody's really talking about the officiating being the difference in the game because of – the 18-point margin of victory. But I do think that offensive pass interference was a bad call. I think the Eric Harris on Jimmy Graham was even more egregious just because that ball was not catchable. No. But um, there were a couple that went the Raiders' favor. I think the, the downfield, illegal downfield block on Jake Kumaro on like a long Aaron Jones run, but whatever. I'm not going to gripe about the officiating. This was the one where they called it a catch and the ball bounced like five feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, oh, I, that I was hilarious. I think on some of these calls, like, yes, it's becoming a theme where people can say, oh, these refs in Green Bay like the Packers. Green Bay officials. Green Bay officials. They might just be inept. They called Geronimo Allison inbounds on the touchdown, and he had a full foot out of bounds at the two, at the right, three-yard line. Right. And then how do you call that a catch when uh, it was Conley and Mercedes Lewis going up for it? Thankfully, they overturned both of those to go in the Raiders' favor, and that play had a roughing the passer anyway. But How old is Mercedes Lewis? Like 50? He's in his high 30s. I don't know exactly how he is, but he had two catches all last year. Props to him, man. He's old, man. What's your favorite uh, Green Bay food, Matt Schneidman? Probably cheese curds, but not the ones at the game. The ones here are way too soggy. Um, the ones we had last night at Hagemeister Park, where I still need to go to pick up my credit card tonight, were very good. They were good, yeah. The ones today were not good, but people still ate them, though. People, if you give somebody free cheese curds, they're going to eat them. And you might get you might get sick, but whatever. How much do you miss the Raiders, Matt? You, you know, you've got to admit it. You miss the Coliseum. I miss the people on the beat. That's what I miss. Aww. You miss I the miss, Coliseum. You miss Joe Kiss. You miss John Gruden. You think he's hilarious? I think John Gruden's hilarious. I do uh, miss covering him. I don't miss him as a person, but I'm enjoying it here in Green Bay. You miss Derek Carr? Nah, not really. How's Rodgers? How 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 is kind of that experience covering Rodgers? He's, it, it's really good. I mean, there are a couple guys on this beat who have covered his entire career, and they say this is probably the happiest they've ever seen him. Just because um, you're here? Wow. I think so. Nice. He talks every Wednesday. You know, Derek Carr is a really nice guy, but and he's admitted this before. He said that he's blatantly politically correct. Aaron Rodgers is not politically correct. Um, 
he'll tell you how he feels, which hasn't really been negative this year because they're six and one, but he's really insightful, takes 20, 25 minutes every Wednesday to answer every question, good or bad. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about him. Who, who transcribes all that? Sounds we like do. a lot of transcribing. The beat, the beat writers split it because I'm not going to trash the PR staff now, but the beat writers split it. Can we once and for all like, kill the whole baby A-Rod thing that James Jones always talks about? With, oh, like, yeah, that's, with that's dead. That's, that's dead. dead. Oh, the Derek Carr's baby A Rod. We calls him. Yeah, calls Derek Carr oh, baby A Rod. Yeah, that's not that's not accurate. That's not good. Derek's I mean, and who is Derek's who is guy. baby A Rod? But you know, they're yeah, not. Their games aren't similar at all, though. I mean, they're really I they're mean, not. I mean, it's really it's different kind of quarterbacks. I think. Um, yeah, and whatever, that's fine. But I'm just saying that you watch the game today, and they're clearly just different uh, different modes of attack. They're not both in the same attack mode. They're definitely. Uh, no. Different approaches. You you can and, and you tweeted it today, Vic. There's like this intangible sense when Rogers smells blood and you just know he's going to score when he goes down the field. You don't really get that sense. Like Derek Derek can get into a groove. You you can sense when Derek's in a groove and he was today to Waller, but there's just another level with Rogers of this guy is going to score. He has that like extra killer instinct. Yeah, no doubt that to start the third quarter, they're going to score. They can't, they have to score at the oh, end, end of the first half. They came and they out. come out and complete a 59 yard yeah, pass. Yeah, I mean, there's the no quarter. doubt in your mind that he knew that uh, that was a key moment in the game to really take control of the game. It's, it's even the small things like the two. You know, you see when Rodgers runs in for the touchdown and then you see the car fumble. I mean, Rodgers rolls out and he knows the right time. Okay, I'm just going to go walk into the end zone. To me, on that, on Carr's fumble, it felt like he had a, he had an opportunity to commit earlier and he probably had that touchdown, but he, he didn't commit at the right time. And by the time he committed, they were, you know, defenders able to get over there and, and obviously force him to, to not be able to get in the end zone and, and obviously cause a turnover. But just that little moment of decisiveness um, is it, just one of those small differences you can see in their game that uh, it just shows why Aaron Rodgers is one of the best and why Derek Carr is uh, is uh, is it's beloved by, by Raiders. <laughs> As Trent Brown would say, right? Derek Carr yeah. is Derek Carr. Did anybody else think that uh, Rodgers was trolling Carr a little bit when he scored in that running touchdown? He kind of reached the ball out after he scored. I thought that was kind of a troll job a little bit. I didn't even notice that. That's interesting. He could be. He's kind of a smart ass guy. I'm mean, oh, yeah, he would do. And just to me, like it seemed he crossed the goal line. He's like, no one's around. <laughs> There's him. nobody and around him. him. And he reaches the ball with his left hand. I'm like, oh my. He should have fumbled it, purposely fumbled it out yeah, of the That'd be a little much, but I'm just saying he's definitely that's his personality. He's kind of always a tongue in cheek kind of guy. And yeah, I just I mean he's it's incredible. This 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 franchise and his fans here have been so blessed. I mean, to have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. that's just an incredible uh, back-to-back quarterbacks. That's just unbelievable. Ted, what do you think? Somebody has to go back and review all the Rodgers rushing touchdown film and uh, see, if, see he's if, ever... he's, if he's sticking one hand out on every touchdown or is it just this game? Uh, well, you're you the film to, review guy, you're, you're so that's on you. That's not doing that. You're the film guy. You're the film guy. Good to oh, man, you're covering the Packers, Matt, for the, for the athletics, so you got to do it now. Well, but I the question know. is, was he trolling Derek Carr? So that's a Raiders story. There you oh, go, yeah. it's on you. Well, Ted, Ted's the national film guy, and that sounds it like is. a very national film topic. I like it. You can just I ask like him. it. You can just ask him. All right. Hey, man, are you trolling Derek Carr? Next headline. Yeah, probably answer. Is Aaron Rodgers trolling Derek Carr? The, the next headline. All right, well, we need to let Vic and Matt go uh, eat some more cheese curds. And, no, uh, Matt no, go more get cheese curds. no, no more cheese curds. No. <laughs> uh, a salad with cheese curds in them or something. Salad, uh, that's good. There you go. 
All right, well, go get your credit card, Matt, and make uh, make Vic buy this next round, and uh, no. we will. No. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I actually own. You think you owe me big time? <laughs> because you left your credit card. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right, guys. Well, uh, that'll wrap up tonight's episode of State of the Nation, and uh, we will talk to you guys again next week as uh, the Raiders get ready to head to Houston for the last game of this long five-game road trip. All right. See you guys. Adios. For more exclusive Raiders content, check out State of the Nation on The Athletic app or theathletic.com.